going to do to minister. Um, uh, I... back in their places. Amen. Sorry about that. want to uh, start over, I guess. Uh, when, I, when I look to minister in, in the Word of God, sometimes what I will do is I will, it will, I'll be struck by someone in the fellowship who has had a big impact on my life. Um, and maybe someone that I don't even know. But I have, you know, they don't know me, I should say, but I know them through their preaching and through their ministry, and they have a huge impact on my life. And I want to um, begin to preach a message tonight that was directly inspired by one of those men. And um, the message uh, may make some of you smile because of the title. But I want you to think about this as I, and I, this introduction wasn't just uh, for no reason. I, 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 want, I want to tell you that uh, this message should really help you if you will get a hold of God tonight and you will think about the things of God and how you acquired those things. Whatever it is that you know. Maybe you only know three or four things about God. Maybe you've only had a few experiences yourself. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, well, you know, I know that God is doing something. I can't really define it. But whatever the case may be, um, you can be in, uh, in, in, in just really impacted tonight if you will just sit back and have a little indebtedness, a little gratitude. The message I'm going to preach tonight is called the turtle on the fence post didn't get there by himself. And I want you to remember that throughout the message. I want you to think about that. Because a lot of us don't realize this, but we really are a turtle on a fence post. We like to make our lives more complicated than that. We like to make ourselves more sophisticated than that. Um, but the truth is that it's a miracle that you're sitting here tonight. It is. Now some of us, it's a miracle because we're not dead. Some of us, it's just a miracle because we're taking time out of our day to come to a small little building and hear about the things of God. And that is something that we would have never done unless we were compelled to do. And so I want you to just think about that. As I preach this message, and as I read from the Word of God, it says in Romans 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything, save to love one another. For he that loveth his neighbor hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet and if there by any other commandment, it is summed up in this word, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Let's pray. Lord, Father God, I thank you, Father. By grace, 
we have received this gift from you. By the blood of Jesus Christ, our debts have been paid. Wash over our bodies, our minds, our soul, our spirit, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, and give us a sound mind tonight. And Lord, give us a heart of gratitude as we choose to be grateful to you for all that you have given us. Let us see your workings, and let us be filled and known by our love. And everyone said, Amen. It is by grace that you've received anything. I don't know if you realize that, but there is a simple fact about human beings. If we were born and we were plopped onto this earth, we would not survive. Can we all agree on that? I mean, even if we didn't have parents, we'd have to have wolves that would come and feed us. Something would have to take care of us. And the truth is that I think what happens is we grow up and we're like the character in that book, The Giving Tree. We forget time and time again, over and over and over again, all the things that have been given to us. And we just take and take and take. We don't necessarily do it with evil heart or evil intentions, but deep down inside, we have a hard time just simply giving thanks. It's always amazed me because gratitude, I believe, is reflexive in the believer, the true believer. The person who truly believes that God has saved them, it becomes a reflex to be grateful. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. You know, when we go to eternity, you know, if you believe what the Word of God says, it says we're going to end up in a place called heaven or hell. And if we end up in heaven, we are going to be grateful all the time. In everything. We're going to be in a place that is full of gratitude. And if we don't make heaven our home, we are going to be full of regret. And the Bible even describes it as gnashing of teeth. We're going to be like, why forever? Or we're going to be in heaven because we gave our lives to Jesus, and we are going to be just filling heaven with gratitude. Our spirit is going to be part of that. Remember the description in the book of Revelation about how it says, you know, the saints were there in white robes praising God. And there's a part of the Bible where the narrator of Revelation, he is asked a question. And he says, who are these people? And he says, you know who they are. They are the ones who were saved and redeemed and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the reasons to be grateful to God, for instance, is that his mercy endures forever. 
forever and ever and ever. He will never, you know, the Bible says some amazing things. One of them that always blows my mind is that he forgets our sins. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't just forget things. You know, we're <laughs> sitting here tonight, and there's not a lot of us. And when I look out at each and every one of you, if I make eye contact with you and I were to think about the things of God that are going on in your life, I would have things that I remember. Good and bad, wouldn't I? We're honest with each other. But the Bible says this amazing thing. It says that God, He puts you like that turtle on a fence post. He puts you on that fence post. You didn't put yourself on there. He puts you on there and He's forgotten everything else. He's forgotten all the times you've swung the wrong way. He's forgotten all the times that you, you bit at Him, nipped at His face. He came to minister to you? Or am I the only one that was rude to a saint who came to help you? You know, the Bible says, you know, this uh, profound thing, and there's a part of the scriptures where they start to confront Jesus, and, and, and he said, they say to Jesus, when did I do those things you're talking about? And he said, when you did it to the least of them, you did it to me. Think about that. We need to be full of gratitude to God and the mercy that He has placed upon our lives, no matter what it is. Because there are fruits, by the way, of gratitude. One of the things that is a fruit of gratitude is that gratitude does this thing. It, it aligns us with reality. You ever forgotten who you are? You ever just sort of forgotten what you've done? And then all of a sudden, it comes crashing to the realization. And, you know, real recognizes real. And one of the things that gratitude can do in your heart, it can, it can really, really align you with reality. You can sort of not be as upset with people, for instance, because you have a grateful heart. You know, get her a water <laughs> Praise God. See, the one thing that you have to realize in life is that we are completely interdependent. Completely.
You know, you ever met some old guy and he's just grateful for anyone who served in the military? You know? And you, you meet him and you're like, you're blown away. Because, you know, like, for instance, my stepdad, he just, he will stop whatever he's doing if he sees a man who's served in the military. They'll just stop. Because he understands something about that. He understands the reality that he wouldn't be sitting here in a free country if it wasn't for men and women who sacrificed their lives for us. Another thing that gratitude does is it produces humility inside of us. See, God hates pride. The Bible says that pride is what brought down Satan. Yeah, he was prideful. See, he thought that he was as good or could make decisions for God. See, what gratitude does when it produces that kind of humility is it, it moves you sort of off of yourself. This is important for us. You know? Sometimes it's really easy to just get all focused on yourself. And it probably grounds us in humility. One of the things that has been a real pleasure is recently I got a dog named Buckles. <laughs> right? Yeah. I got this dog named Buckles. Now, you know, I was looking for a dog for a long time. And I've got to be honest with you. I want to be just perfectly honest with you. You know, with my kids and my wife and everyone involved, I was a little bit, I, I, I showed a lack of humility. See, because I wasn't looking for just any dog. You know, I kind of had the attitude that, you know, I need, I, need a, I need the right kind of dog. You know? I need the perfect dog. I need, like, a dog, like, like Wesley wants, with a cape on the back, you know? A super dog. And that was my attitude, you know? And I was getting really, really specific, and what was happening was the price was going up and up and up. And I had to look at myself and go, you know, can I really be spending that kind of money on a dog? And you know, I was denying something. I, because I wouldn't come off of myself, what I was denying was that there are so many dogs they're in a shelter. They're ready to kill. And maybe I should go start looking for maybe a little bit of a humbler dog. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you get the wrong dog for your family. You know, the first thing I decided was I don't want one of those small little dogs because I already got two small little dogs. They're called Wesley and Aaron. And so I didn't want another little dog running around. But, you know, the amazing thing happened was inside of myself, I said, you know what, I just, I, I made up my mind, I'm, you know, I'm probably not going to get a dog, and if I do get a dog, I'm going to get one that I, you know, that I can afford, and he's going to cost zero dollars. So that's the kind of dog I can afford. 
that's not true. The Bible says that every good thing comes from the Lord. That's every good thought that you've ever had. It's every good action you've ever committed. It's come from the Lord. It's for His purposes. And when you have that gratitude, what happens is that hostility, it just goes away. I've been amazed over the years. I've thought to myself a few times, oh, I'm going to be really mad. And then all of a sudden, I begin to come out of prayer, and I'm like, God, how did you do that? I'm not angry. It's because gratitude, it vanquishes hostility. See, you don't walk away from something you are grateful to. But the truth is that the devil has a purpose here tonight. He's here with us as well. And he wants to dismantle that gratitude. This is why in the world they don't talk about the devil. Or they make him into a caricature. Because they want you to believe, as the Bible uh, uh, states, they want you to believe things that are not true are true. Things that are true are not true. And the truth is that, as I've heard many a pastor say, the greatest accomplishment of the devil is that he made us believe he did not exist. Because he wants to dismantle that gratitude. Think about, think about that. The way he does it, though, is interesting. He does is interesting. I read this scripture to you tonight. It says, Oh, no man anything save to love one another. See, what you have to understand is that in Roman culture, gratitude was given to men who were grateful to Caesar. You were grateful to people. Matter of fact, they had a culture that they did uh, a cultural uh, norm that they had there where they would give you gifts to indebt you. So for instance, if I had a lot of money and wealth and power, I would give you a gift, and that gift would make you indebted to me because you couldn't give me that gift back. Right? So imagine this. Imagine in our culture today, if I could come to your house and I could give you a car that you can't afford, right? But what that really meant was that I had complete access and control over your life, right? We still have that, it's called the bank, right? And how the devil works is he tries to get you to be grateful to men or to grateful to things. See, your gratitude is linked to your home. Your gratitude is linked to your car. Your gratitude is linked to your job. And all of a sudden, your gratitude for God is lessened. Because gratitude itself has been cheapened by the wiles of the devil. He is clever. And he knows how to do this in our hearts. This is what he did to Eve. Eve and Adam were grateful to 
to God because they lived in the Garden of Eden and they were the head of the Garden of Eden. But the devil went to Eve and he said, is it true you can't eat that tree? And she said to the devil, yes, if we eat of that tree, we surely shall die. And he said, no, you won't. He said, you don't need to be grateful to God. Be grateful for all that you have. No one's going to stop you from eating that tree. Eve. something to you so you can do something for me. That's what the devil's gift was. See, in that Roman culture, it created a permanent hierarchy, and that's what the devil was trying to do with man. Create a permanent hierarchy. I am superior to you, man. See, the gift giver was superior to the receiver Thank you. 